We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. You can't tell I'm a little excited right now. An Emprise Bank debit card is good anywhere. Why worry about the nearest building when you can pick a trusted company that cares about the KC Metro? Debit card options to choose from, a mobile app, and all kinds of features. Emprise Bank goes wherever you go and can be your trusted partner wherever you live. They are a trusted partner of the KCSN Draft Guide. They are uh, just an absolutely wonderful uh, company to work with. It's been great. Emprise Bank member FDIC. Uh, I've been independently studying these two fine friends of mine uh, for the last five years, and I'm excited to be talking to them today. Find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Maddie, uh, you don't have to put it in my contract to independently study your wonderful work. I got so many different directions. I think we could go here. Um, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this. First of all, second of all, you've definitely been independently missing this podcast a lot. That's number two. Um, and number three, oh. these people don't know this because they're not here pre-show. But we got another look behind the curtain at Kent's disdain for defense yet again. And this man somehow thinks he's going to keep up to me with me in a game of twenty-one, and he doesn't even know how to spell defense. Like, what is this? This is this is exactly how the podcast needed to start. Before we get into, he got no, takes, he got he got like six things in, like right yeah, off did. the top. No, he, just, he had like bars a, ready, straight up, Maddie. You know, got it, got to fit it all in. Before we get started here, if you are watching this right now, hit the subscribe button. This has been a massive content day for KCSN. Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito are back. We've got KCSN update. 
We've got new podcasts. We got more new podcasts coming. KCSN update will be every single day of the week going forward here. And get subscribed to the Substack, KCSN Daily. You can do that, kcsn.substack.com. You will get at least one free newsletter every single day from Charles Goldman. He has first one today. And if you sign up, you can do it for free. But if you want to pay $30 a month, you can join the Discord. You can get the three of our works, our film breakdowns, everything like that. I think that's all the KCSN housekeeping. I'm ready to talk training camp now. Hey, guys. Football has basically started now. We did it. I woke we- up today and I could just tell. I could just feel it. And I <laughs> the t- summer clock turned off. Vacation time's over. Oh, fact, Wyoder. Fact. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wyoder 05 for the audio listeners because Maddie forgot this is also a podcast. Kent's going to need way more than four hours a week of film on Maddie to compete at 21. Okay. I, this slander is just, it's unbelievable. Accurate. Uh, You're right. I, yeah, I... I'm not going there. I just love that Maddie was able to get that. <laughs> he had like six things, and he is because I haven't been on the show. I guess I had I don't know. so many. <laughs> he was ready. My man was ready. Uh, yeah, we want to talk about all things training camp to this point, right? You know, there's not a ton, but there's 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 still you know there's there's still top you know things that are worth discussing, especially some of the news today. Um, I, let's just start with Justin Ross. Why not? Let's, let's just lead off the top with Justin Ross. Cause we've led off with Orlando Brown for a lot of shows. We'll get to Orlando Brown and that whole thing eventually as well today. Um, but let's start with the Justin Ross situation placed on the IR. Um, you know, it, it, I think, you know, if you looked at, you know, the, the picture that, uh, the, the wonderful Zach Eisen found, uh, on Instagram, uh, Justin Ross, a walking boot from about two weeks ago, kind of seemed like this is probably the direction that was heading. He's kind of had his injury issues. Um, you know, and it's a shame because as Craig has so astutely pointed out several times, the the gas that the Chiefs put on 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 Justin Ross early in the preseason, the one-handed catch, they were excited about him. You don't they don't gas up guys they're not excited about. But now we're sitting here, uh, the start of training camp, and Justin Ross's season is over. He's been placed on the IR with a foot issue, uh, fixing a, a previous foot issue that he'd had. Not the neck this time, just just the foot. Maybe, maybe actually, Maddie, does maybe that speaks to the the maybe the poor forty testing, the, you know, the poor athletic testing that he went through, still laboring, still going through some of that too, Maddie. I, it absolutely could. I, that could play a role. I think if that was the case, though, they probably would have shut him down a little bit earlier. Would be my guess, but maybe he just wanted to go out there, show what he could do. They wanted to see a little yeah. bit of what he was going to be capable of before you know making that decision. I'm not sure, but. This was something that I guess you could have expected a little bit when you started to look. The Chiefs wide receiver room isn't uh, great. It's not top of the NFL list, but it's deep. Like there's a lot of guys competing for spots. It was going to be hard to find a spot for Justin Ross amongst this group, just given how these guys are going to be able to play special teams and do so many different things. So this one made sense. Uh, there was a little bit of hype coming back because we hadn't heard about him for a while. Maybe he was going to regain that at uh, camp here. And then lo and behold, right at that time, this comes out. No harm, no foul here. I think this was something that was probably expected when the Chiefs signed him. I didn't say, though, Justin Ross, because of the injuries, everybody still kind of has that sophomore season in their mind. He's not as young as you would like for a guy that's having to redshirt now, though. Like, I believe he's already 22 He'll be 23 next year. Like he was a full on senior coming out. Now you're going to get a red shirt. You're in the NFL. By all means, he's not old, 
but that's not exactly what you want for a guy that's already been, you know, four years post high school. I mean, Kent hates him now. You brought that up. Kent now <laughs> hates Justin Ross. Forever Wait, Julian, here's he's transitioning to uh, defense and playing quarterback. Oh, man. Does he get to play corner? <laughs> I, I want to break down some Justin Ross corner. No, I, it makes sense. It really does. It was going to be one of those where he was probably going to be a bottom of the roster guy. They were going to try and keep him in the room, try and help him learn the offense. But realistically, there were no major expectations this year. Now, all of a sudden, you cut to next year when he's going to be back because he still will be in the room throughout this entire process. He can still be a part of that sort of thing. Now he can sit there and wait and see what's going to happen with Juju Smith-Schuster on a one-year deal. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a guy who could get out after this year for the Chiefs if they don't like what they're seeing. Cole Hardman, who's out of contract after this year. All of a sudden, the wide receiver room for the Chiefs gets a lot lighter so i can understand how the chiefs may look at this situation kind of like they have with other guys in the past and say hey just chill for a little while get yourself healthy we know that you're going to learn the offense you sit in that room learn how to do things let's fire it up next season it says that you know he'll be ready for otas next off season come into otas look to win a starting job at that point because the talent is there and everybody knows the talent is there if he can stay healthy. So give him that full year off to recuperate from the foot, make sure the neck is good, and then move forward with the understanding that now you should be healthy and you should be competing for a starting job. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it's it's not a blessing for him. That's not the right phrasing for him, but it could wind up being okay for him. And it could be okay for the Chiefs situation moving forward if they can get anything out of Justin Ross moving forward. I don't really think I had a ton of belief that he was going to, you know, make a sizable, you know, um, impact. There's just so much stuff that he's got to navigate to get through. You know, there's a lot, so many guys he's got to compete with. You know, I, I think he was kind of competing with Josh Gordon potentially for like a fifth wide receiver spot. Uh, the the last maybe non-special team spot potentially, depending on how many wide receivers that this team is keeping. I mean, but now I think, you know, Josh Gordon's got a situation where he's got, got an opportunity. But I think one of the, like, maybe the Chiefs can go a little bit of a different route too. Like, I think the winner for this, like, you know, like Josh Gordon, I think is definitely a winner for this. Like, I think there's an outside chance that he makes it depending on the roster crunches and the number crunches at each position. I think it just depends on if the fifth receiver spot is a, is a special teams guy or if the sixth receiver spot is a special teams guy. If the fifth receiver spot, or the, honestly, or the sixth receiver spot is a special teams guy, the one I'm kind of keeping an eye on now is like there's some early sizzle about Cornell Powell. I I look at him from a special team standpoint specifically, though. Like, if he shows enough growth as a receiver, if he's really, you know, like he, he, the talk was, you know, uh, early on these last couple of days of training camp, Cornell Powell's caught everything, been very consistent, made some really strong catches, um, highly productive. You know, if he can continue on that trajectory, you know, we've seen him be a, a core special teams player for the majority of his college and pro career. Like he was a, a core special teams player for Clemson uh, and then just continued to cut his teeth until he finally earned that opportunity uh, to, to play receiver and played well towards the, towards the stretch of his last of his last year there. Cornell, this might open an opportunity for Cornell Powell. Like, I think that's the guy I'm kind of looking at who could potentially be the benefactor for this situation. Uh, because I mean, special teams is, is very valuable. Number five or number six is what I'm really curious about now. Like, I'm curious if a the Chiefs keep a receiver specifically for special teams if they're more strategic now. Uh, because I don't think Justin Ross can be a receiver uh, there anyway. 
and it, what this means for Josh Gordon, because I think he's one of the other guys. Like, I, I think that opens things up a little bit more for, for Josh Gordon. Cause honestly, I don't think the chiefs were going to keep both. Well, I mean, if we are going down the route of looking at special teams, you also got to think Justin Watson and Doris Fountain are fully back in the mix. And, you know, we've heard Watson has been very impressive from some people, or there's good hype for him coming out of, you know, some of the camps that they've done so far that are making it all the way up to national media. Doris Fountain was able to get active last year a few times because of his ability to play special teams, had a really good camp and preseason with the Chiefs last year. So even without Ross, I don't know if that's the if Cornell Powell is my first winner coming up on who I think of. I agree with Josh Gordon because they're kind of the same player. They're in the same spot for the Chiefs roster. They were going to be competing with one another, in my opinion, for one of the depth, you know, receiver only, non-special teams contributor spots. Now it seems pretty clear that it's going to be Josh Gordon unless Powell or Fountain or Watson can out wide receiver him. Nothing to do with special teams now. I think it's purely up to who's going to be the best wide receiver after your top four of MBS, Hardman, Juju, and Sky Moore. You're now looking at, can anybody be better than Josh Gordon? And then maybe they want that size. Maybe they don't. I don't know what they're looking for. But like I just think he's the clear winner here. And now you just still have the same competition for that final special teams wide receiver combo player in my opinion yeah and i can see that it it seems it's obviously still very early we are through one whole weekend the veterans aren't there yet the <laughs> veterans aren't even there yet but we're through one whole weekend of camp um cornell palace seems to be the guy right now that's a little bit on uh, let's call it the Darius fountain you know, sort of train from last year where, where we started seeing the build happen pretty early and it just sustained throughout the entire, you know, preseason. And he looked good in all of those roles. He looked good in preseason games. He got a lot of reps. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of reps from Cornell Powell. We didn't necessarily see him last year in the preseason. They were still trying to integrate him a little bit and obviously didn't work out very well. But I am very curious to see if he hits Again, that sort of Darius Fountain role from last year where comes up, plays really well across the board, and just slowly kind of earns a job by being the guy that does a little bit of everything, puts in the work on special teams, and earns that spot. Because as we've talked about a lot this offseason, there's not a ton of guys on offense that we can kind of write in as good special teamers right now. And that's not always the case. Sometimes it is, but that's not always the case. So you want to be able to round out your wide receiver room, especially Dave Tobe. And yes, even Andy Reed want to round out that wide receiver room with guys that can be four core special teamers as well. I am most bullish. I I'm bullish on, on Cornell Powell, the special teamer. And that's the thing I keep coming back to when it comes to the Watsons. I understand the Watsons. I don't really believe in Darius Fountain, the special teams player either. Uh, the only counterpoint to that is I mean, Dave Tope gave Doris Fountain that opportunity before Cornell Powell. And so last year, but I still, I'm still bullish on Cornell Powell, the special teams player. That's where a lot of my, I think he's, I don't think, I don't think he was even in the consideration for me until the Justin Ross news. I think maybe that makes the flexibility of the roster a little bit different. Uh, now I'm, you know, I'm wondering if maybe there's a path for him to eventually make this roster. Um, should we go to the Orlando Brown news? Is it time to go to the Orlando Brown news? I think we need to. Um, it has been reported that Orlando Brown is not there in, in St. Joseph tonight. 
he will not be in St. Joseph for a while. Orlando Brown Jr.'s absence from the Chiefs will continue on uh, into uh, into for who knows training camp. Some people are saying week one. I'm not buying that. Uh, but yeah, I mean he he's expected to miss some time after the Chiefs were unable to come to an agreement with him. Matthew, let's start with you. Thoughts on Orlando Brown missing time here uh, with the, uh, you know, missing time here in training camp. I, I don't think we should start with me because I've been talking to you guys all day. You guys are on the extreme end of the stance here. So I think it should be you two going back and forth for a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on this one. Like I, I'm a little bit more in the middle. You two guys are on polar opposite sides of this issue right now. It's like, I just want to sit back and just kind of watch you two go at it and then just interject when I can. Maddie is rarely Switzerland in our arguments. I'm usually well, the Switzerland in in the in the discussions here. So he he just is relishing the fact that that I'm on one side of this. I'm just trying to debate how far I want to take it right now. Too. <laughs> I'm frustrated. I'll go. I I'm frustrated with I'm frustrated with the entirety of this situation, and I I'm frustrated because I feel like I've seen this coming. This this illogical, nonsensical holdout coming if I'll be honest, because I think his entire process has been absolutely bizarre. And the, I mean, if you go back and look at, you know, missing time, you know, uh, not making a decision on hiring an agent because of, and the, the reasons cited were Mahomes wedding. He, he wasn't in Mahomes wedding. He just was attending like, I just like that as an excuse for waiting to sign an agent, waiting until five weeks out to sign that agent. Signing an agent that has no prior relationship and really no NFL experience whatsoever to manage, you know, the the livelihood of your family, generational wealth. You're trying to come, you know, trying to come to terms, and you're you're hiring a guy way outside the box, um, you know, and you know, rejecting the cheese deal, whatever. I'm fine with that. Getting to this point, are and you though? Getting to this <laughs> point where you know the. Not only, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks, maybe some of this threatening to hold out training camp was a little bit of a, a negotiation tactic. Threatening week one was a negotiation tactic. I'm not entirely sure anymore because now we're sitting here, a deal hasn't been reached, and now he's sitting out and he's going to be missing time. You know, if you are, I, the whole thing has just been bizarre to me. The timing on everything, the decision process has been, I think, just kind of bizarre from jump street. Um, and you know, I, you know, I'm not some of the Jeffrey Chidea comments about, or not his comments, some of the reporting about how, you know, the chiefs don't think they got this. They're, they're negotiating with the same guy that they had. I don't know. I kind of, I mean, I, there's, there's some, there's something bizarre about the entirety of the situation. So I can kind of understand, understand the chief situation a little bit here, if I'm being candid, because it does seem like it's moving target target may not necessarily be the right word, but it just seems like the process is so all over the place. That would be really difficult to negotiate with. I could understand if, if some of the public stuff that we're seeing is manifesting itself at the negotiating table. I completely understand because I, I, if I were in Orlando Brown's shoes, I probably would have done everything entirely different. Like literally every single thing I would have sped up to, I would have, you know, tried to come to a conclusion on my agent quicker to give him more time to negotiate with the team. <laughs> Craig. <laughs> I mean, Keep I, going, I, buddy. I would have showed up for training camp. The best place for you, Orlando Brown Jr., 
to get paid and to be the best place for you to be right now is St. Joseph, Missouri with your teammates, working with the organization, getting better, not skipping practice. Get not going off independently and doing your own thing when, oh, you, when your em. team has spent the entire offseason installing new things, working through new things. There is something to be said about earning and getting those reps with your team, with your teammates on an offensive line where continuity matters. And now we're going to sit there and Jaron Christian is going to have to sit there and play left tackle. or We're going to have to screw that continuity at chemistry up for three weeks because Joe Tooney's sitting there at left tackle and Nick Allegretti's kicking inside the left guard. The best place for Orlando Brown Jr. to be right now is in St. Joseph, Missouri with his teammates because Andy Reid didn't seem particularly... I, I, if you read between the lines, love, Andy Reid offered up... I'm, I know, I'm sorry, I'm going. This is a little... <laughs> Just let loose. I've got a lot of thoughts. Andy Reid... When he got up there, you know how reserved and 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 like how he limited he is and what he gives the media, right? Andy Reid had did not have to offer up Joe Tooney being able to play left tackle or jumping into left tackle, quote unquote, in a heartbeat. That Reach. is not that is not something that Andy Reid will offer up typically. But he kind of just that seemed very intentional, very focused, very targeted. I think I don't think Andy's thrilled. Of course, Andy's not thrilled. And I think a little bit of that showed up with that part, that comment. And so I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be as excited about coming to the negotiation table next year with the way that he's handling today and two weeks from now, if he's still not here, that's not going to go. That's not going to go over well at the negotiation table. I mean, the Chiefs feel like I, reading between, if you read the, the, the tea leaves between the Chadia, you know, comments doesn't seem like the Chiefs felt like it was an entirely good faith negotiation. Like just reading between the tea leaves, of it, I don't. I'm not putting words in their mouth. That's just my observation. The the comments that they made. Do you, I don't think missing training camps good faith either. There's nothing. Kid, are, nothing are, to get okay. Missing training camp. Okay, kid. Okay, kid. You're you're cycling now. Um, <laughs> let's. <laughs> you you miss a couple podcasts and you decide that you got to get it all out in one rant. Is that what I this guess. is? Yes. Does that count as a rant? Yes, yeah, that's an extreme rant. Yes, yeah, it wasn't at like first. Four. You were no, no. You were being very calculated at first, but as you get to like minute eight, then like it turned into a full on rant. I just, no. I, I so, feel like I've no, had no, more. No, no, you, you had your take. Real quick, real quick. No, before <laughs> bizarre. I, start, I don't think I don't think Orlando Brown is a bad teammate. I don't think he's a bad guy. Don't you walk I don't think it back. He's a bad, no, there's nothing about this. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think it's bizarre. I think he's handled it in completely bizarre. And I'll leave it at that. Bizarre, 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 bizarre. Can I leave so, now? Am I done? Yeah, you can. Yeah, we got this. Buddy. Right, cool. See you guys. Um, so to go through a lot of this, <laughs> Kent, I genuinely left. To go through a lot of this, um, does anybody know how much money orlando brown jr would make between now and week one of the season if he signed his franchise tander and he was there immediately zero. yes i do zero dollars right yeah he's got no workout incentives he's got nothing to lose by not signing the franchise tag other than potentially getting hurt off the premises which would then jeopardize that franchise tag that is a very real thing yes he could get integrated into this offensive line into this offense I would like to see him in camp. I will start with that. I too would like to see him in camp. I completely understand how a player that has 
literally no money to gain by being there doesn't want to show up for part of training camp. Now, the argument there is he's not practicing, he's not getting better, so he's not going to be better to get the payday that he wants next offseason. Well, that may be the case. We will see in week one. We have seen time and time again, there are countless players that get franchise tagged, hold out, and it goes one of two ways. Guys either perform excellently on a contract year or they stink it up and now all of a sudden they don't make the contract that they want to in the next offseason. That is Orlando Brown Jr.'s prerogative. Now, as far as the Chiefs are concerned, yes, this may harm things. Andy Reid hates it when players miss camp. He hated it when Eric Berry missed camp. He hated it when Justin Houston missed camp. He hated it when Chris Jones held out of activities. Like, he hated all of those things. They paid all three of those guys. They still came to terms with all three of those guys. Now, this could be a situation where they don't like the way it's being handled and they could walk away next offseason. But the other team that may come into play here for Orlando Brown Jr. services may not care about whether or not he held out of training camp. If he shows up and he plays well from weeks one through when the Chiefs are done next year, ending in a Super Bowl victory, then maybe all of a sudden a team like, let's call it the Jacksonville Jaguars, decide that they are willing to meet his asking price. That's all it takes as far as Orlando Brown Jr. is considered. If he is looking for a big payday, he doesn't necessarily need the Chiefs to be the one to come to the table. Now, again, he should be there. We should see him there. I expect him in St. Joe. I know that Mike Garofolo has walked back some of the original comments, some of the original reports, and said, and we'll see on the week one thing. And he won't be in St. Joe soon, but insinuated that he would still be there. If Orlando Brown Jr. walks in after preseason week one, lines up with the offense, is anybody really thinking that he's going to, you know, that, that week or two, of practice that he lost is the difference between him being the player that we all remember last year and an all pro. Cause no, I don't think that's the case. I think what he does on the field from weeks one through the end of the season are what matter here. Not him showing up for a couple of weeks in training camp in July. Maddie, real quick before you get in, you have at it. Get, I lost get my, <clears throat> I lost my voice a little bit. No, this is just for Jason Thomas playing a drink drinking game. Uh, Jason, bizarre, 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 bizarre. <laughs> uh, anyways, Matthew, please continue. <clears throat> um, okay. So again, I'm sitting a little bit in the middle of this. I think I lean a little bit more towards Kent's side though. And that I think a lot of Craig's reasons were very much selfish from Orlando Brown's perspective. They're all about him. None of them are about the team whatsoever. They should be. And that's... <laughs> fine when it comes to asking for money and getting money he's no longer getting more money though it's now transitioned from being about mm -hmm. him to being about the team being at camp undoubtedly makes the team better yeah i don't think that missing one and a half to two weeks at camp is the difference between awful and an all pro but i do think missing the first you know week and a half two weeks of camp when they're going through the base level installs and you got to play catch up and this is really relatively fresh in your career of playing left tackle with your second year of a new team that might be having changes, it would behoove you to be there. You're gaining nothing by not being there other than you're showing that you're willing to quit on a second team 
and three years because he did that to the Baltimore Ravens. So I don't think it's a smart move on his part. I said, from the, first of all, I'm surprised that he's not showing up. I didn't think he was going to do that. I don't see why you wouldn't. So I'm kind of surprised that he's not. I've been very pro Orlando Brown should do what's best for him. And I said, that's taking the franchise tag and asking for more money next year. Once you prove that you can play during you know, the set, the way he played during the second half of last year, all year long said, if he does that, he'll get more money. I advocated he should do that because that's the best move for him. I don't think skipping any amount of training camp is the best move for him. I just simply don't think that's how he maximizes his money going forward. I get it. He's not missing any money by not being there. There is a chance that he shows up week one and plays just as good with zero practice or an entire training camp. But the odds are you go to training camp, you will probably be, the team will be, and you will be better week one than if you just show up to play week one. That's my stance on it. He doesn't have to show up. I get the concept from only his perspective, why he wouldn't, why go to St. Joe and hang out there and practice when it doesn't financially impact you. But at some point in time, you got to stop thinking about Orlando Brown Jr. and start thinking about the team. So from that aspect, eh, get to camp. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I just, the, the process, it's not, a, the process frustrates me entirely. Like, that's really where a lot of my frustration comes. It's just, I cannot stand how this whole thing has went from wire to wire. I just don't, I just, I don't agree with how it's been handled or managed. And it frustrates me. From that perspective, I have no problem with how he's handled any of the negotiations. I, I would be very clear about that. I think he's making the most money that he can make this route. So by all means, have at it. Sure, but I, I think you should have given yourself more than five weeks to, to negotiate a contract. I think that would have been a... I My mean, argument Chris is I don't, think, I don't think the Chiefs would have changed their, their offer. They didn't and I don't to. think he cared. I think both and sides are fine yeah. with the franchise tag. I, just, I don't think that was a big deal to either side. Chris Jones had an agent more than five weeks before is all I'm going to say. There's some differences between some of the, nav the negotiations that we've talked he about here. He didn't want to play on the franchise tag. I think I Brown's okay with it, though. <laughs> I understand. But I 
frustrated with the entire process. We'll see what happens. Maybe, you know, the Chiefs can come to a long-term deal next year, or maybe they're forced to trade. Speaking of trade, Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best-tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns, and trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. Uh, whether your friends call you a coffee snob or you just know when it coffee t- uh, tastes really perfect, Trade's real coffee experts personally taste test over 450 roasts. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That is drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off. Uh, Do you want to talk about anything else with how the offensive line reshuffles moving forward? Like, do you want to go anywhere else with Orlando Brown Jr.? Or are we, do we have it all? I think we, I think we've beaten that to death. I think we've, as we we've see. we a fed horse. Feed a fed horse. we fed a fed horse. I think as we see more offensive line in camp, we'll have more takes. More takes. Like, I Probably. think that's, that's when we'll want to talk about some of the shifts and stuff like that, since all of that is hypothetical right now. We're, we're okay, but I need close. a prediction. I do need a prediction. It's not about Orlando Brown. Tooney's playing left tackle. Who is playing left guard? Allegretti. You think that you think that's who they're going with? Yeah, I think it's how Allegretti. about Andrew Wiley. Because Darian I think Kinnard Andrew Wiley's is playing, be playing right, right tackle. tackle to start. Yeah. I I'd I'd move Andrew, I'd move Darian Kennard to right tackle and Andrew Wiley. Oh, I, I would too. I think Kennard's gonna get a lot of reps on the second team offensive line. I think that first team offensive line just to keep things rolling. Andy likes to keep camp just bam, 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 rolling. Get those vets in there so that they, they know how it's gonna go. Look, hey, everybody, appreciate y'all watching right now. Really means a lot. Camp's rolling. Uh, we're going to be live here for a little bit longer, probably another, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or uh, or what we call a Maddie 5. Um, if, if you're liking, if you if you like what's going on, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, leave a comment. It helps us grow the channel. It helps us grow these shows. Um, we really appreciate uh, everybody for, for supporting what we're doing here. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we're going to continue to talk here. Uh, But first, uh, if you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. And now Dave can help get you out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. So download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply banking provided by evolve member fdic future you will thank you uh okay so 
we've defense, talked a little. Let's go. Can we yes, talk defense. about the defense? Is this Gosh. allowed? Let's talk. Let's about do it, Maddie. <laughs> what do we talk about? Oh, where do we start? Um, secondary. Let's go with the secondary here, right? It's just rookies and quarterbacks, so not a lot's been able to happen, but. Heard a few good things, seen a few good reports come out that Joshua Williams, you know, day three rookie comes out out of Fayetteville State, looked pretty good, made some plays on the ball. That's good to hear because he's a guy that if you listen to Steve Spagnolo and the scouting staff kind of talk after the draft, it seemed like they didn't love everything they saw, but they really liked the person when they got him in for interviews. So to even have people in media that got to go and watch this first part of camp and come away saying, hey, that guy's making plays. That's good. Like, that's good to see that a guy's at least getting to flash them out there because he's got all the physical tools. He's got all the physical traits. We've talked about that a lot after the draft. But it's nice to see that that's showing up at least early on in camp here because he's a guy that I think might be in a little bit of a fight for a roster spot this year. Like, I don't think that he's going to be put on the practice squad, but I don't know if he's guaranteed a roster spot if he's not able to play on special teams or at least be a depth cornerback. So getting him out there, getting some early shine, I, I like to see it. Yeah, no, it's great to see that. I mean, we love a lot of the talent that they added, even a day three of it, like guys that we were really high on that, that we didn't think would be around a day three. And the Chiefs added predictably all of them. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we it's exciting to hear guys like Joshua My Williams guys. looking good. Guy, yes, Maddie's guys, guys like Jalen Watson the looking Maddie good. Lane draft. Trent McDuffie looking really good. I mean, that's to be expected, but it's also good to see that. Um, I also thought it was a big kind of thing there. Uh, Mickey Easy actually pointed it out on the Twitch stream. How about Brian Cook on the podium before George Karloftis this week? That's that's a big one there. Karloftis has certainly gotten plenty of run, but a guy that we've talked a little bit about as being a player that it seems this staff is very, very high on, like extremely high on getting some of that early weekend press availability. That's awesome to see all of those young guys. And granted, no veterans here yet. So of course, they're going to be the guys that are getting the shine right now, but performing well and earning the trust of this coaching staff already to go and do these sorts of media appearances, looking good in camp. Like all of those things are extremely positive because if that secondary that they poured a bunch of assets into now granted not necessarily like super high-end assets outside of Trent McDuffie Justin Reed if those if that secondary looks that good if it really does look good there's a lot of cost-controlled talent there there's a lot of guys that they can hang their hat on for the future there and there's a lot to really be excited about and that's coming from an organization that just lost a cornerback to a top deal in Charvarius Ward. Regardless of what you thought about Charvarius, the NFL thought very highly of him and how he's played. So being able to replace that, if they can hit the ground running, who this could be a defense is really fun to watch early in the season. Well, and I don't want to transition too quickly because I want to sit on Josh Williams a little bit, but also like one of the storylines with this secondary has been included, you know, or has been, you know, kind of updated because the I don't want to say the entirety of the safety net is gone, but I think Rashad Fenton provided um, you know some stability at that position from an experienced perspective. He's played capably in this defense in the last few years. He's starting on the pup list as well. And so now you're looking at a situation where the veteran in the room is LeJarrius Sneed. 
third year veteran, you know, Legereus Sneed, the best cornerback on this, you know, on this, you know, coming back to this football team for sure, no doubt. But I mean, the safety net's gone. And that's kind of fun and kind of exciting in some ways because now there's just more opportunities for the Joshua Williams to get thrown to the fire. Uh, the Trent McDuffie's obviously to get thrown to the fire. Maybe a Jalen Watson. You know, Lonnie Johnson's even making his transition back, you know, to corner. Like, we don't know what the, you know, how that's ultimately going to shake out either. You know, like, I mean, hopefully, I mean, he's he's got NFL experience. Like, that's that's a nice quality, but like, he's been playing safety. So, there's so much uncertainty with this group and there's so much, you know, fun talent to get eyes on. And it seems like some of them, the guys that rise to the top are going to get thrown to the fire a little bit. And that's where, you know, the, the Josh Williams buzz comes in a little bit. Um, you, if you read Nate Taylor, uh, Nate Taylor's report, I believe today talking about how the chiefs have been impressed with what Joshua Williams has been able to put together during, uh, during the off season process. Right. That's awesome to hear, especially as a guy that has continually gotten better throughout the process. We talked, you know, we talked a little bit about the senior bowl and his growth throughout the week there, right? Well, if that has continued, that continual growth, I mean, the physical measurables are there, the the the, the athleticism's there, and so I'm 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 looking forward to seeing, you know, if he does get thrown to the fire. I'm I'm kind of excited. I'm excited to see all these guys get thrown to the fire. Because, like, I think one of the overarching discussions for this defense, if we're looking at it in its entirety, is, and Nick Bolton said, you know, said it today, you know, young and fast. But the, the emphasis on the young here, it's not going to be pretty all season. It's just not. Like, and it might be ugly early. Uh, hopefully, Kyler's not in the playbook too much for week one. <laughs> but, you know, I, it, but you're going to get to see all these guys with, with the men's talent, you know, get, get, get thrown to the fire and i'm curious to see i mean that's one of the biggest things i'm, I'm excited to see through this process through training camp is steve spagnola with these young guys what he holds back what he puts up you know what's he what what's he what he what he installs and what's he le- what he leaves in early on in the season because i mean this could be a really young group that they're throwing out there let it be ugly let let the demons be ugly yeah. at times as I'm, long I'm as, with it. as long as as leo chanel says they embrace the violence I don't care if it's ugly out there, but if you have Leo Chanel and Brian Cook, who is one big ass dude, like looking at him on the field or up on the podium, <laughs> big dude for a safety. He's huge. Impressive. Like, you get him flying around. You get Leo Chanel, new guys coming in on top of Nick Bolton hitting people and Willie Gay and then George Karloff is like, there's guys on this defense, Justin Reed coming in now as the veteran, a lot of guys that will hit. So, yeah, you might have some blown coverages. Yeah, you might have guys out of position, but you can quickly cover that kind of stuff up, not in terms of like that exact play, but the overall impact of the defense. If they're aggressive, if they're violent, if they play fast. And I just, I love the demeanor of a lot of the people they've added over the past two years in that regard. You no longer have it's not that these guys aren't smart football players, but it seems like there's a little bit of a sl- maybe sidestep away from just super smart players to okay, these guys are smart, but there's also this physicality. There's this violence and aggression to their game. And it's almost as if the Chiefs are kind of realizing just having guys that always know the right player can get in the right spot maybe isn't always going to be enough. Maybe we can make the game a little uglier on defense. Maybe our defense can match what Creed Humphrey says. This offensive line wants to be one of the most physically dominant offensive lines, most violent offensive lines. Turn the defense into that. You want to be ugly with all the young players kind of time? 
That's okay. You run across the middle of the field, you might lose your head. Your helmet might pop off once or twice going to that. It'll it'll be fun. It'll at least be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Creed Humphrey, another guy who doesn't care that Orlando Brown Jr. isn't showing up to camp. But moving back to the defense here, uh, I, I want to read this direct quote from Nick Bolton, who was on the podium today. Based on what I saw in OTAs, we have a young and fast defense. That's what we're going to take pride in, being young, fast, and physical. I'm excited. Now, listen, a lot of this stuff, like you see you see guys pumping things up in camp, and obviously I haven't put pads on or anything like that, but like it, it checks out. <laughs> I mean, that's the types of dudes that they added to this defense. They add athleticism. They added physicality. They added toughness. Like that's that's what it was. And at times last year, we saw things avalanche. We saw this defense struggle to put things together. It stretches. Things would start to collapse. Guys are you know not doing what they need to do. Not hitting with the intensity that they need to. Not bringing guys down. You know it's a tough sport. It's tough to play as it is. If you're not bringing the intensity, the physicality, the toughness, it's even harder. And Nick Bolton was that guy last year throughout the year that we looked at all the time it was just like hey man that guy that guy wants it like there there's zero doubt you can you, there you can say whatever you want about the kid but he wants it and it seems like they've added a bunch of guys around him that can do that so seeing that hearing that out of a guy that is a leader of this defense in the second year of his tenure you know the mike linebacker for Steve Spagnuolo, he's going to get a lot of podium time. He's going to get a lot of responsibility for him to be excited about how young, fast, tough, physical this defense is. Should get lots of Chiefs fans excited because, yeah, like Maddie said, like Kent said, it might be ugly, but you know what? They're going to hit. They're going to fly around, and they are going to hit, and that is worth something in my book, especially if they're going to have the traditional Spagnolo slow start. Yeah, it's uh, there's a you know, it's a there's a motto like fail fast, you know, fail mm -hmm. at a hundred miles an hour, you know, fail fast, fail physical. I think there'll be some, it'll be a little bit higher variance at times, but I think you know it'll be fun as this team grows, at this as this team improves, as this team gets better. You know, playing fast from Jump Street will will be beneficial down the road. It'll be beneficial when this team gets to you know the 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 the, the end of the year. And, you know, they need to, um, you know, they need to, they need to play at the highest level. I, I can't wait. I have this, like, it's, it's kind of like, I don't, I think my mentality, I'm, maybe I should hold this back. I don't know, but I'm just really excited. Like the mentality I have for this season is different than any season. I, I think in the Patrick Mahomes era for you, for me, like where I'm not, um, I don't think the, I, 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 my expectations aren't different. I mean, they're, they're not, they're not lower. I don't think they're just different. Like I'm willing to live with some of the mistakes of this team because of how they've approached this entire off season. I feel more willing to live with some of the stuff that we're probably going to see with an understanding that this could benefit the long term. This could benefit by the end of the season, you know, because the old core failed to achieve the highest goal last year. So they went in a different route this year and hopefully this build towards, you know, it just feels like this, this season, it kind of feels like maybe not the same kind of sprint as it always has been. Maybe the same kind of urgency to get it done with that core where I feel like this year you've got, you've got runway ahead of you. And it's just kind of like the second era of the Mahomes era where I feel more comfortable 
living with some of the some of the failures that we're going to see this year. It's going to be frustrating at times. Don't get me wrong, but this young core, I'm just I, I feel at grace may be the right word. I just I feel willing to have more grace week to week than I ever have, and I I'm, I it's actually exciting and like liberating it's, in some ways. It's good frustration. Like yeah. it's good frustration. I, like you could be pissed off at a group of young guys in the rookie contract because you're like, because you could see them maybe grow throughout the year and be like, well, that guy's cost controlled. Boy, right. we got something cooking. You know, it's yeah. I, I did a pretty good job being frustrated with Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen too. <laughs> did a pretty good job that, of that actually. That was bad frustration. Let's be yeah. clear here. That was they know bad better. Frustration. They, they know better. I just yeah. yeah. I mean, it just feels like there's so much, and maybe this is coming from guys that are just so geeked about the draft. There's just like this feeling of, you know, the cost controlled side of it is so it's, you, you nailed it, Craig. It's like just this excitement of like, yeah, five of these 10 hit in a real substantial way. You're going to go after last year when they had so many hits. Yeah. You'll be be beside yourself and you'll look at this team going, okay, this is a, this is a, a, a door is wide open. A door is wide open and the health of the, of the cap moving forward. Everyone loaded up on pass on, on aging pass rushers this year. Well, the, the chiefs are going to have a lot of money to throw around here in the long term pretty soon or more money to throw around than they have in the past to be able to kind of, you know, supplement all these big hits that they get in the draft with all this draft capital. I'm just telling you, it could be, it could be a scary little wave here. And I think that's where it's just like, we're on the precipice of something that could be really cool to watch for the next five years. But who's think- playing left tackle? <laughs> Joe Tooney this week, buddy. Joe Tooney. <laughs> had, a, had a call back to that. Uh, Maddie, is there anything else you want to talk about on the defense? Or, you know... Yeah. I think I think I'm pretty good right now. Um, I, we've talked about some stuff. Like I'm interested to see who's going to be your you no know, second or third defensive end and little things like that in the rotation. But I think so far training camp, it's just been rookies. I don't know if there's a lot of takeaway from the you know from the rookies and the QB so far on the defensive side. We're going to start seeing some guys report now. So obviously I'm interested, but I don't think you're going to glean as much from that side as maybe we will the offense to start this camp because theoretically it should be a very similar style of defense. Not a lot's going to change there. So it's just your simple position battles. And when you have so many new pieces, don't know how many just straight up position battles there's actually going to be. Okay. Uh, before oh, before we get out of here, before we get out of here, um, I'm going to be at camp this weekend. Mm. Kent is joining me for a day. We got buddy Bearcat. Camp Tick Tuck. Tucker Franklin's going to be out there every single day. So I need each of you to give me a player that we haven't heard enough about that we also haven't talked a ton about. So Maddie Juju doesn't count. We've talked a lot about Juju, <laughs> but player that we haven't heard enough about that you want to hear more about coming out of this first weekend of camp. I will specifically watch for you, Matthew. Oh, I get to go. You get to go. Oh, wait, this is easy. Travis Kelsey. Um, So you should, be- <laughs> <laughs> you should keep your eyes on that guy. Let me know how he's looking out there, Craig. Of course. Uh, any other questions? Okay. Um, 
All right, who's a guy that we haven't talked about that I want you – Taylor Stallworth. Let's – you know, I want you to watch some D tackles, mm-hmm. right? This like room that. does interest me a little bit. So Taylor Stallworth, I think, should be your defensive tackle three. He should play the third most snaps. Tershawn Wharton's clearly going to have a role. I'm really interested to see what Stallworth looks like. But then even after that, the fifth guy, I think that's one of the few position battles. And it's not exciting to talk about a fifth defensive tackle, but Colin Saunders versus Cortez Broughton. I really like Cortez Broughton. He played well enough in a rotational you know, piece early in his career, I believe, for the Chargers. Then he comes over. He hasn't got a play yet. I do think that's a position. Just that whole position is worth watching, specifically Stallworth, but then also who looks better, you know, uh, Saunders or Cortez Broughton, because I really like Broughton coming out of college. Are we all going, Craig? Or did you just yeah, want Maddie? You go, oh. you go, buddy, even though you're going to be there. Uh, no, I'm not going to camp, Kent. Thanks for asking if we're all going to camp. I Yeah. Uh, practice. We haven't talked a lot about Rojo, and I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him out there getting getting work, uh, Ronald Jones. Like, I don't know. Some people kind of feel like he's like an afterthought, like he's not making the team. I think he's pretty firmly on this football team. Like, so, but some of the narratives around it seems like some people are kind of like he's like in a like a battle. And I, I don't think so. I think he's pretty firmly in there. Um, but I'm excited to see how he looks because, you know, he's running the football. He's pretty good. His ball protection has been an issue um, for him at this point in his career. Pass protection has been an issue at this, you know, at this point in his career. But running the football is—he's impressive, and I, I'm excited to, you know, kind of get eyes on him a little bit. Um, we really haven't spent a ton of time talking about him or the running backs all that much, so I'm—I'm I'm really looking forward to watching Rojo. I'm looking forward to safety four, and that is a giant group of dudes here: Dion Bush, Naze Johnson. Zane Anderson, Devin Key, like all of these guys, like uh, Zane and Devin got a lot of hype in last year's camp. I'm looking forward to seeing after a year kind of the transition that they can make. I know that people don't necessarily have really good memories of Zane Anderson from some of his on field last year, but again, another year under his belt. I'm really looking forward to that. Naze Johnson. Another guy that's been hyped a little bit in these opening weekends here, made some plays. Is he, you know, he's a guy that I liked when I went back and watched the tape. I came away from the tape a lot more thinking, hey, this guy's got something. And then you got Deion Bush, a veteran, a guy that has been around for a long time. They probably special teams ace, special Deion Bush. All of these guys, all these guys can play special teams at a high level. So, like, you're probably only keeping four safeties with the number of quality corners it appears that the chiefs have here and they keep typically 10 dbs so if they are keeping only four safeties that last spot is going to be an absolute battle for that that position so i'm really interested to see how they those guys look when they're out there next week. i can't wait for roster predictions because i'm going to stick to five safeties and oh, five corners i think so Ooh, are you yeah. dude I look at I've I've done some roster predictions for the KCSN Substack, which you can go down to the description of this show and hit the subscribe button to. Thirty dollars gets you premium content uh, for an entire year. Access to the KCSN Discord will let you act, answer questions uh, for tw- or ask questions for twenty one questions. All kinds of great stuff. Um, anyways, I've been doing the fifty three man roster predictions. It is so hard. It is like just. It, I, I like some of the bottom roster decisions are going to be so difficult. Uh, how many DTs do you keep? How many, like everything is going to be really, really difficult. And I don't, I, I don't think I was able to keep five safeties. 
when I did it last. So it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we will be out there this weekend. I think Craig, you're there Friday and Saturday. Is that right? Yes, sir. I am. Yeah, Craig. Uh, are you accepting hugs? Are we? I always accepting hugs. Mm-hmm. Looks for the very tall guy with this creepy mustache wearing a giant straw sun hat. I, I'm going to be very easy to find this weekend. <laughs> He'll be sitting next to the worst kept secret on social media, Chief Bearcat. <laughs> uh, I'll be there Saturday. Can't wait. Uh, really excited to get first look. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and luckily, you know, I can get there without Maddie being there. That is going to do it for the Casey Laboratory. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening we'll get the t-shirts later. <laughs>